Hello and welcome to Asia Perspectives. I'm your host, Nalka Kondo, Manager, Policy and Insights at Economist Impact. Plastic is not the world's only pollution challenge, but it's arguably the most prominent. When it comes to the ocean, for example, 60% of people say tackling plastic pollution is the top priority for restoring ocean health, out of dealing with chemical pollution and addressing climate change. But the issue is unlikely to recede soon. The world makes and uses more plastic each year, with 367 million tons manufactured in 2020, most of which is used in packaging and construction, with production forecast to double by 2040. Unless we change how we produce plastic and manage it as waste, as much as 12 billion tons of plastic waste could be in landfills or in the environment by that year. Continuing along this path is plainly unsustainable, but deciding how best to proceed, however, is less clear. The scale of the challenge demands a new framework that covers the entire life cycle of plastic products, from design to production to consumption to disposal and beyond. Today, I'm excited to share our very first piece of research under the Back to Blue initiative, the Plastics Management Index an index that aims to bring attention to the growing global concerns around the use of plastic and highlight how its management can be made sustainable. I am the editor of the report, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague, Shreya Mukherjee, Manager, Policy and Insights at Economist Impact. Shreya has been instrumental in conceptualizing and managing the index. Hi, Shreya. Hi, Naka. The ranking is out. We have ranked 25 countries across dozens of indicators. The top five were Germany, Japan, France, the UK, and the US. What would you say distinguishes the top performers of the index? Indeed, Naka, it's been very interesting to dive into the country-level metrics uh, to understand the key performance drivers. And there are a number of common factors that set our top performers apart in terms of regulation. These are countries that have robust laws, policies, or regulations on plastics management, and they are actually being enforced. They have governments that have been proactive, for instance, through promoting responsible use and consumption of plastics, ensuring that plastic usage is safe and informed. And they also have uh, solid waste management frameworks with a focus on plastic that are in place. Structurally and in terms of actual capacity, these are countries that have sound oversight of waste management processes, efficient collection and sorting channels, and also adequate infrastructure in place to facilitate recycling. The governments in these countries have also been actively pushing for more formal approaches to minimize plastic mismanagement, while stakeholders like the private sector and consumers are also fulfilling their respective roles. So the approach to plastics management overall is more holistic, and the responsibilities are also more clearly defined. Would you like to take us through very quickly the structure of the index? We've calculated the overall score of each country based on three pillars, governance, systemic capacity, and stakeholder engagement. What do the three pillars measure? So the index framework comprises three pillars or categories, as you had mentioned. And within each of these categories, we have a set of indicators and sub-indicators that draw from both quantitative data and qualitative assessment. The first category, that is governance, 
assesses the overall enabling governing environment for the optimal production, consumption, and end use of plastics. So this includes a variety of mechanisms like policies, regulations, legal frameworks, as well as voluntary initiatives that span the entire plastics value chain. And beyond just examining the presence or absence of these mechanisms, we took this one step further and looked at the state of enforcement of these mechanisms. For instance, by understanding whether there is actually adequate funding available to support enforcement. The second category, that is systemic capacity, examines the structural capacity of a country. That is the physical infrastructure, systems, and processes that have been dedicated to keeping plastics within the value chain and also promoting the optimal use of plastic as a resource. The category also includes what we call a slightly more forward-looking aspect to examine investment in future systems and processes, for example, through training. And the final category, that is stakeholder engagement, looks at the actions taken by different stakeholder groups, specifically consumers and businesses in the management of plastics, while also looking at the actions taken by the government to inform stakeholders on their policies and their plans to manage plastics. China is the world's largest plastics producer, and it has ranked number 10. How should we interpret this result? If we look at the category-level results for China, I think that's what really tells us the story. China ranks 12th, tied with Thailand for Category 1, that is governance. In the second category, systemic capacity, it comes in 8th. And in the third and final category on stakeholder engagement, China comes in 16th out of 25 countries. So definitely a little bit of a variation in the category level performance. China's overall score is boosted by its relatively stronger performance in the second category, systemic capacity. And if we dig a little deeper, we find that this is in part because of the ongoing efforts to improve domestic recycling capacity and collection in the country. China actually comes in second out of 25 countries in the indicator that examines the efficiency of collection and sorting channels for plastic waste. And it is also tied in at fourth place for the indicator that assesses the infrastructure in place to enable recycling. China's overall performance, though, is dragged down by its relatively lower scores in the stakeholder engagement category. While it does relatively well when we look at private sector commitments in place to reduce and to promote plastic use, China actually comes in third out of 25 countries for this particular indicator. The overall performance is offset by relatively lower scores when we look at responsibility of consumer actions and perceptions. China comes in last place for this indicator, implying that there is definitely room for consumers to play a bigger role. So overall, while China is no doubt developing its capacity to better manage plastics and plastic waste, there definitely remains room for improvement. Most lower middle income countries struggle across the board, although Vietnam in 11th and Ghana in 15th outperformed. How was this the case? Vietnam and Ghana have definitely been the clear outliers and indeed the strongest performers of the six lower middle income countries in the index. And each one has its own unique set of drivers to unpack. In the case of Vietnam, Vietnam ranks fifth out of 25 countries for the indicator that examines the country's overall approach to plastic waste management, which has significantly boosted its score in the first category, that is governance. Vietnam also ranks fourth out of 25 countries in the indicator that examines the efficiency of collection and sorting channels for plastic waste. So Vietnam does pretty well in both these indicators that have a high weightage in the overall scoring. 
Vietnam's performance, however, is offset again by relatively weaker oversight of waste management processes and inadequate infrastructure to enable effective recycling. The country's strongest performance that is definitely noteworthy is in the indicator that assesses the private sector's commitments on reduction and promotion of responsible plastic use. Vietnam actually comes in first out of 25 countries for this indicator, definitely and significantly driving up its score for both the final category, that is stakeholder engagement, and in the index overall. And in the case of Ghana, Ghana's performance is relatively strong in the indicator that assesses the government's efforts to promote responsible plastic production and consumption. Ghana actually ranks third out of 25 countries in this index, so definitely well within the top five. Ghana also does relatively well when we look at the investment in capacity building to ensure sustainability of its infrastructure. It ranks 10th out of 25 countries for this indicator and also shows, therefore, that Ghana is committed to a more sustainable future. Ghana also ranks 15th in the indicator that measures its private sector's commitments on reduction and promotion of responsible plastic use. So this is also one that contributes significantly to its higher position, especially when we compare its performance to the other lower middle income countries in the index. We've also conducted an executive survey and a consumer survey as part of the study to look into the executive and consumer attitudes to plastic use and management. What were some of the findings of how businesses are tackling the issue of plastics? So the executive survey that we conducted made it clear that a large percentage of businesses are taking a more active and committed approach to sustainability with a focus on plastics by both making it a clear part of their business plan or strategy and by following more sustainable practices in the workplace. So definitely an interesting mix of findings there. For instance, we found that 75% of those interviewed admitted that the sustainable use of plastics is either important or very important to their organization's overall sustainability uh, plan. And 68% said that responsible production and use of plastics, as well as plastics waste management, is actually a part of their organization's overall CSR program, highlighting that it is not just an abstract goal, but something that has actually formally been included in business operations. 85% of uh, interviewees also stated that their business encourages its employees to segregate plastic waste from gender waste making it clear that they are also trying to practice being more sustainable. And it's not just, again, as I mentioned, an abstract goal that the company is working towards. Turning to consumers, what are the barriers of consumers to cut their use of plastic? As part of our consumer survey, we asked our respondents to pick the major barrier that prevents them from reducing their plastic use or that prevents them from increasing recycling. And interestingly, the highest proportion of our respondents, that is 43%, stated that they find non-plastic alternatives to be too expensive, while 36% cited convenience as the main barrier. Another barrier that was cited quite commonly is that it is too difficult to understand which materials are recyclable and which materials aren't. So this, in fact, actually creates a clear case for greater and more widespread efforts to, to raise awareness. Let me switch this around now and ask you a question for our audience, since you are the editor of this report. What recommendations do we have for consumers? Is there anything that we can do to help at an individual level? Thank you, Shreya. Although consumers have the least power in this equation, they can still act. And all that starts before walking into their local store. 
They can, for example, demand that brands do more, which includes reusing and refusing single-use plastic items like straws, cutlery, and coffee cup tops. And where local waste collection and recycling facilities are inadequate, they can pressure their representatives to improve them. And also, it's important to seek to influence a more plastic-aware approach at work, join local cleanup efforts and environmental movements. And ultimately, they can vote with their money, buying better alternatives where those exist. And finally, it is worth examining examples of successful community engagement to show that actions are not necessarily limited by nation's wealth and that much can be achieved by effort. There are numerous examples of programs, including women-led or youth-led initiatives that improve plastic waste management. So, Shreya, thank you so much for joining the episode today, reviewing the Plastics Management Index. It was a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Naka. My pleasure. That's all for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Back to Blue is an ocean health initiative by Economist Impact and the Nippon Foundation that aims to provide actionable insights on issues regarding ocean pollution. There'll be more episodes on research projects under Back to Blue, so stay tuned and subscribe to this channel. You can find a link to the full Plastics Management Index report in the show notes or visit backtobueinitiative.com and sign up to our newsletter to be the first to hear about our latest research and related content.